0: And welcome to Are We Gundam? Or Are We Isagun? The podcast I pitched as a joke that now will never end. My name is Jeremy.
1: (laughs) I'm no longer an edgy teenager. I'm Tyler. This episode. My name is Zach.
0: We used to watch Gundam Sea Destiny. I have a lot of unresolved feelings about it that I kind of resolved immediately before we started the podcast. We do critical analysis (laughs) on it. I think it's pretty good. But because of COVID-19, we can't be in the same room and are afraid the quality of that podcast, our crown jewel will suffer. So we have decided to watch Gundam Build Divers, my least favorite Gundam series, and talk about it. I think this episode is fine. They're on the high end for an episode of Build Divers. It's not as good as the IMA episode, but it's probably an easy second.
1: Yeah, I was going to say this is like not a bad episode of this show, but it is not a great episode of anime.
2: Yeah, That's not a high bar to jump. It's not.
1: I watched it with Alex, and I asked her for a short phrase to describe it, and her response was, old man yells about Digimon.
0: Yes, and (laughs) we've made reference to the character designs before, but in the week since we recorded the last episode, I've thought about how Digimon this series is, and how bad it wants to be that. It's got a whole digital world, the, hey, let's just randomly get more powerful because of our emotions thing is strong in this show, but it's more like modern Digimon than original Digimon, where it says that happened, so you have to trust it, as opposed to all it's got is writing and stock footage, so they do a decent job with the writing, like old Digimon had to do.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. I haven't thought about the original Digimon series in years, I'm pretty sure.
0: I am watching the new Digimon, so all I think about is the old Digimon and why it's actually a good show, and how this is a failure to live up to that legacy.
2: I think most remakes have a tendency to fall into that. Don't live up to the legacy.
0: I mean, it depends. I come from the comic book world where I see reboots and remakes all the time, and some of them are quite good. And then others are just, well, why are we doing this? And the Digimon one started out kind of wild and then petered off into mediocrity and then was decided to follow Ty for 30 episodes while he did nothing. And then was like, we have other characters too. See, Joe really likes French fries. Isn't that exciting? And I'm like, this is like the third best episode of this series because it has a character arc, but it's about Joe liking French fries. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> uh Anyway, duel. It's time to duel and there's no backing down. The heart of the gumplo is what Sarah does read. <laughs> Man, remember when we did Destiny and I would talk about the sad boy and the angry boy and the sangry boy and have so much fun recapping the events so far? I don't want to do that for this show.
1: What has happened in Build Divers? I feel like not a lot. There were cheaters. They went after all the hackers.
2: That was a thing.
0: The champion disguised his robot as another robot that that robot was dressed as in its original series, and they recruited some people, including a cute ninja. She had a backstory, and she cried about it. It was very emotional. She wanted to get back the ugliest Gumpla from Palpatine, who took it because he's a dick. I think that's everything that's relevant, right? Yeah, no, that's pretty much it. If you want to watch along with us, you can do so on Crunchyroll or YouTube or Funimation. I don't recommend you do so, but you can. It's even dubbed. If we have to say nice thing about Build Divers, the dub is way better than the dub of Build Fighters Try.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say this actually has a fairly solid dub, even though it's you know, a weak show.
0: Yeah, my only qualm with the dub is the source material. Whereas Build Fighters Try, the dub is like, they hired the least enthusiastic voice actors possible to deliver their lines (laughs) as still as possible.
2: If I'm honest, I couldn't actually watch this show dubbed because I would put it on in the background and then not pay attention to it. Uh, The secret, Zach, is I've
0: already watched the show once and that's the way I get through it a second time. (laughs) So we are watching episode 13, Duel. Uh, It does not have the dual gun to minute Or Izak. Man, Izak would make this show so much better if he just showed up. Like, he just (laughs) yelled at everyone. Uh, Yeah, I was just imagining the shenanigans. And then, like, Diarca had to just, like, walk in and just, like, gently push him off screen while apologizing.
1: (laughs) Oh, man, they could run, like, a lemonade stand together or something. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it would not, be great. Like at the Bear Guy Festival? No, I'm just thinking like at the uh, food court. Since everyone always shows up at the food court, they just like run one of the booths.
0: Oh, Just have zaft lemonade?
1: Yeah, something to that effect.
0: So we begin on Castle Avalon at night. It looks very cool as the champion is giving a congratulatory speech to the Coalition of Volunteers on a successful mission. They did not succeed at their mission. They did not identify the culprit, but they did prevent the worst case outcome of the
2: collapse of their MMO. So... Which they didn't actually know was going to happen. You're right. Their their mission was actually kind of a complete failure because they were just trying to find out who he was.
0: They failed the primary objective. Which I was like, we may have failed our primary objective, but we got all the sub objective and that's worth a lot of XP. And also there was no harm done, which is good. I would say that counts.
2: I love how everybody is holding like a glass of wine and then we get our Colossar cameo and he's got this big old turkey leg. Yeah. Well,
0: he has priorities, <laughs> man. Double O is going to be so weird. You guys already know about Trans Am, and you're going to have, like, emotions toward Patrick Kolasar already, which are not the <laughs> wrong emotions. But
2: I mean, to be fair, I already knew about Transam.
0: Yeah, you did. But you've seen Patrick Kolasar in Double O. You've gotten far enough to see him. He's in the first episode, and you have no feelings towards him, I presume.
2: I honestly kind of just forgot that guy existed, except for when he showed up later, and I can't remember what he said, what he called himself in, I believe it was V he's in, Super Robot Wars V. Yeah.
0: I don't remember how they translated it either. I think because it was not an official English translation, uh, it was like a weird translation of his nickname, but I can't remember. Anyway.
2: Well, V was an official English translation.
0: It was not an official American translation, I should say, so it did not use terms from the dub.
2: It also changed his... Like, he specifically said he changed his name. He wasn't Lucky Colossar anymore. It was something else.
0: Yeah. I think that happens in the movie, though. The
2: 00 movie. I could be wrong. Yeah, though. I think that might have been what it was, because 00 stuff in V was all uh, from the movie.
0: Anyway, colossar has got a turkey leg. It's great. Everyone else has wine. And Rob was like, thanks, y'all. And the champion's like, open bar. I got plenty of cash. Enjoy yourselves.
1: Enjoy your virtual drinks.
0: We already know this is what he and Rommel do, so. I just want to imagine the Full Metal Alchemist anime finale wine cellar he has. <laughs> Sometimes I think about watching Brotherhood because it would make my life better, but then I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't have that fight with Mustang in a wine cellar.
1: It doesn't, and that's a really good scene.
0: So cut back to the party. Maggie is interrupting Shariar and Tiger Wolf's flirting. Shariar is amused by this. Rommel is enjoying the attention of the girls.
2: I'm assuming Rommel is standing on, like, a crate. segue type of thing so he can wheel himself around the party. I imagine he has, like, the Tom Cruise,
0: uh, like, shot crate to make him look as tall as his love interest. And he's just been macking on these girls.
1: I just assumed that he uh, installed a mod where his torso is super long and it looks hilarious. You just can't see the rest of it off screen.
0: So Rommel, regardless of how he is this tall, is like, hey, champion, what about Riku? And he's like, ah, he's not old enough to drink. He's hampy here at our cool party. <laughs> and Rob was like, oh, I wanted to ask him what that bullshit in the last episode was. And the champion's like, it's okay. He doesn't know either. I'm not sure anyone knows, especially not the writers. And Rob was like,
2: that's awfully convenient. And uh, the champion is like, well, there was this awfully good convenience floating around at the time. Maybe he just took advantage of that.
0: But anyway, the administration is analyzing it, and they've used it to come up with a patch to stop the break decal. So they didn't want to do their job. They just wanted to wait for some kid to deus ex machina his way into it. And then they figured they'd just copy paste.
2: I mean, that is software engineering. I thought software engineering was Googling the problem.
0: And then copy paste. And then staring at someone else's code, trying to figure out what the fuck anything is. And then not touching it because you're afraid you'll break it. Yeah, no, this all tracks. (laughs) Cut to the Bill Diver's Force Nest, where specifically we see a nice photo of them that they took at the end of the Rommel fight. And they're like, hey, Yuki. And he's like, no good. Ayame hasn't logged on at
2: all. Well, it says isn't logged in. So apparently she like, the fight ended and she immediately went and logged out.
0: Well, we see a flashback to it. Where Riku's like, hey, Ayame, don't worry about what happened. I won't even tell anyone. You're not a traitor. Let's just be cool friend teammates. Free mates, if you will. And Ayame's like, you're nice, Riku. I can't take advantage of that. You're too uninteresting to be depressed. Let me tell you, no matter what anyone tells (laughs) you, you still feel like you're the worst and don't deserve their help.
1: And Riku's like, well, that's heavy. And then flashback ends. And she logs out.
2: Then we get a recap of uh, how she was spying because she was being forced to, but she wasn't being forced to spy for anybody. That's the one that's kind of silly. It's like, no, she wasn't forced. She made the choice to spy on people and do all that stuff. She did it for pay, so it's not like she didn't choose it.
0: It does show their sort of, I don't know if naivete is the word, but that she considers it that way. It does say something about Momo's character. I do like how she's like, yeah, I've been depressed before, so I understand what she's going through. It's awful. You remember how you
2: guys had to drag me out of my room? I don't think that would work.
0: And it would be even creepier if you did it to a girl a little older than you. So don't.
2: Well, I mean, it's not like they know where she is. Also true. (laughs) She's the one person on their force they don't know in real life. Do we ever meet her in real life? Yes.
1: Spoilers. Okay. I figured she had to be in the area in order to have given Palpatine the
0: terrible Gundam. Well, to be fair, she didn't give it to him. Uh, What's his name, Did?
2: Yeah, her force leader gave... Uh, well, I mean, Tyler isn't wrong because she must have given him the Gundam that they traded for, the real Gundam, whatever the hell that was called.
0: Oh, oh no. You mean hit their buster? Okay. That may be true. Although I assume that Japan does not have the FedEx store. I assume they have an equivalent. X-Fed. So we cut to Riku meeting with the champion. who's like, I've been cleaning up after that huge event. Don't ask me how or what that entails or why. And Riku's like, did you find anything out? And he's like, uh, well, we failed our mission objective and could not figure out who it was. But we got an anonymous tip afterwards of a list of players who bought break decals.
2: We'll be able to wipe them out with an update patch. Yeah, until somebody who wants to add them back into the game gets around the update patch, like always happens in technology. It's fine. Hackers are both
0: magical and completely inept in this universe. And Champion's like, I assume it was Ayame who sent us the information. Apparently she logs in occasionally, but with her status set to private so no one can see. And Riku's like, GBN won't kick Ayame out, will it? It won't drop the ban hammer on her. He's like, well, they failed to punish literally anyone else. So.
2: I mean, at least this is trying to give Riku some actual more character of caring about his teammates. But it's about as generic as it gets. And there's no punishment for this. Like, So he doesn't have to worry about taking anything because he knows for a fact the show is not going to inflict any actual consequences on him. To
0: rewind a bit, what Zach's talking about is Riku's like, hey, if she's going to be punished, our whole team should be punished. Which, to be fair, is a thing lots of MMOs do. When Blizzard punishes people for cheating in raids, they ban the entire guild. Even players who weren't on at the time, which is somewhat controversial.
2: Yes. They drop the ban hammer on everybody? It's usually a temporary
0: ban, but yes.
2: Yeah, that seems excessive to me. Many people argue that it is. But like, I'm just
0: saying this is not an uncommon practice. Although he's just copying uh, his uh, rival sensei, Ogre, who had a self-imposed exile because one of his members cheated. The only person to be punished <laughs> for cheating.
2: It wasn't GBM that punished them. They're like, eh, whatever. It was the team policing themselves.
0: You broke the guild code, bro. So now the whole guild is taking a break. We have to go on a nice retreat to one of those paintball ranches.
2: But because of the brake decals being made of magic, there are no records of their use in the system. So no one can be arbitrarily punished. And you have other game developers like right sitting there like, pathetic. <laughs> it's like, what can we
0: ban? I will dominate for today. So anyway, is like, yeah, people who cheated will always carry a scar in their heart. I mean, some people won't care, but Ayame seems sensitive about it. So this seems relevant at least.
2: Well, she never actually cheated, though, from what we can determine. She never used one of the brake decals herself, but she helped, and everyone involved with cheating is a cheater themselves. I feel like she
0: probably cheated on the behalf of some people who
2: couldn't even win with brake decals with her bird, like she tried to against Riku. Does that Would I actually qualify as cheating? Because it's an open thing. Who knows what the
0: rules of this are? Yeah, that's true. It seems like a shitty thing to do, at the very least. Definitely. So Rika goes back to just repeating what the champion said. And he's like, I need to do something for Ayame so she can come back with a smile. And champion's like, sure, sounds, sounds good.
2: What the hell are you on about now, kid? Uh, sure, yeah, good idea. We must create an environment where everyone can return freely. Actually, no, that sounds like the admin's job. But
0: the champion, as has been established a number of times, actually does everything the admin should be doing. And to be fair, like we've talked about, this is a metaphor for virtual worlds. And oftentimes, usually after development has ceased, not when something is the most popular game in the world. It becomes the players uh, who actually curate the community, right, for games that are quote-unquote dead and abandoned by the developers, but still have active play. So this kind of makes a degree of sense. Although you're right, Zach, the developers should be trying to do this because this is the most popular game in the world, and they should theoretically want to either encourage
2: more people to join or
0: retain current players.
1: Or maybe
2: because it's so popular,
1: they just let it print money and ignore it.
2: Yeah, but you don't want to do that because then you could end up in the situation where something completely breaks the game and if hackers become too prevalent in a game, then the legit players stop playing and then you're like stream of new players as word of mouth gets around that it's, you know, a terrible place to be. Uh, People stop joining that and start leaving. I mean, that's why you have games like Riot has such a kind of draconian practice about banning jackasses because they saw how many people were just leaving the game when they weren't punishing people
0: although conversely how many bots do you see playing world of warcraft and how many people do you know have bought gold and weren't punished anyway Riku's like yeah let's do it and champions like knock yourself out cut to later that night where Riku is talking <laughs> with sarah about his idea sounding very excited about it
1: which is collect a bunch of furniture
0: it's not The Sims, dude. You know, the thing Ayame
1: was shown to have cared about ever.
0: It is very Second Life, though, right? As much as it's you know a battle simulator game, they also want to have all those virtual aspects. And I do get that. When I am playing Stardew Valley or Harvest Moon, I do want my house to look cool, even though that's not the point.
2: Yeah, I guess there's something to be said about that. It's usually not one of my focuses, so I always kind of get distracted when people bring stuff like that up. They're like, my house looks great. And I'm like... I got a shack because I spent all of the gold and stuff you would be using to upgrade your house on buying better gear.
0: And you did go run deadmines just to have a cat.
2: That's true. I did run my uh, my druid through deadmines alone specifically to go get a cat. See, this one makes a lot more sense where he says, uh, we'll get lots of the stuffed animals that she likes.
0: Yeah. And Sarah's like, yeah, that's actually like you paid attention to what she likes. Good job. Sarah, Sarah. And Riku's like, oh, look at the time. I need to go home. I'll well, see you tomorrow, Sarah. And Sarah's
2: like, okay, I will wait here alone. And then Rando <laughs> Stranger shows up and is like, are you Riku? I am an assassin. I did kill you. He does
0: have a like assassin. look. I mean, he looks like he's going to challenge him to a da-da, da-da, duel
2: in the Shadow Realm. It really does, because he's got like this oh, yeah. weird like broken scar face type of thing. And like the Yu-Gi-Oh! long hair. And also like his jacket looks like a Duelist City jacket. It's not that color
0: scheme, but it has very much that look and that popped high collar. He definitely has a rare hunter vibe going on. He's going to steal Riku's rarest card.
2: This guy looks like he's got actual character design to him. A lot of the characters in Build Divers 2, to be fair. That's one of the things we've pointed out
0: that they weirdly go overboard on, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's like, take it easy, man. I'm just the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger.
2: He says my client asked me to deliver a message to you. Couldn't he have just, like, sent him a mail? Or maybe uh, guest accounts can't send a mail.
0: Also, does that seem sufficiently dramatic to you for Palpatine? No, that's true. Uh, So we cut to Riku at home, looking at his double-O diver ace. Cut back, and this is interlaced with the message. And he's like, "Uh, Palpatine has Miss IMA's gumpla. And if you want it back, you'll have to face him at this address in real life. Where you can't bring your waif. How will you win without your waif's bullshit wings?
1: (laughs) Also, this definitely isn't a pedo trap. Don't worry about it.
0: I mean, that's what you should actually be worried about. Palpatine just shows up with a real gun. And so Riku's like, he'll really give it back. He's like, on three conditions, do not tell anyone about this, especially that waif standing right behind you while I tell you all this. Yeah, we're, we're getting
2: super sketchy here. Come alone, no cops, and bring your gumpla. Okay, two of these are you should probably tell the cops before going. Or at least your mom. Oh, yeah, he does. Have, wait, does he have a parent? Have we seen his parent? We have seen no evidence of
0: parent. I don't think Riku has enough personality to have a job to pay for this house, though. <laughs>
2: No, they're like every other anime parent. They're apparently working overseas.
0: Aw, oh, the parents in Build Fighters are so good. One of which is working overseas, but still manages to appear in about half the episodes. Specifically, he's working overseas as a Gumpla ambassador to bring the joy of Gumpla to other countries. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Build Fighters is so good, guys. One day we can watch that.
1: I want that job. I'm not even that into Gunpla, but I will be a Gunpla ambassador.
0: So he flashes back to Ayame talking about her past and the Gunpla and Riku's like, well, the story checks out at least. (laughs) Anyway, in in complete monotone, looking like he's been possessed by Merrick. He's like, double O diver ace, please (laughs) come with me. Come with me if you want to live. Uh, Cut back to GBN where Momo's like, what's Riku doing? He's way late. You know, you'd think Riku would send him a mail being like, hey, I can't make it to our meeting. Yuki's like, yeah, he's not answering me either. And Sarah's like, oh, he went to a super sketchy meeting.
2: I think one of the things that might have been there is that Riku, and this is again me backsplaining it, is like, dude, I can't lie to them for shit, so I'm just not going to tell anybody. And I don't know how if (laughs) Palpatine (laughs) may know about it, so, you know, what am I going to do?
0: True. I think that's fair. Although, like I said, I feel like I can't make it today no explanation while it does look sketchy prevents this from happening
2: especially because in theory they are still going to school they, they are still going to school right left they're on springer vacation and sarah's like he was talking to a stranger doesn't he know about stranger danger sarah's like i don't what's that
0: cut to gundam base where they're telling koichi about this sketch as hell situation and koichi is like as the adult this is bad, especially because he won't answer their calls. He locks a lonely road, the only one he has ever known, where the weather is set to depressing. He, anyway, he goes to the abandoned warehouse district from Power Rangers.
2: Getting more and more sketchy here because it's just this abandoned looking warehouse in the middle of nowhere. That's unlocked.
1: And he walks in. Yeah, the door's not even open for him, though. He, he does have to shove the door open.
2: You know, usually those warehouses have, like, an actual person door. I, You know what? I've never actually seen a, 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 a warehouse that looks like this, and I've seen quite a few. On the inside, it looks more like a storage garage that's run down. I was thinking it looks like an
0: air hanger almost. Yeah, I can see that.
2: Yeah, I mean, that would make some sense. Because I had the thought of, like, it's a warehouse. Where's its loading dock?
0: So anyway, Riki sees something with a blanket on it, and he's like, what's this? And Palpatine
2: in Ralph is
0: like, it's GPD. I've sure you've seen it before. It's for playing Gundam Battle with real models. This
1: guy's English voice actor is so grimdark edgelord. It is laughable. Oh,
0: It's perfect for the role. It is. I'm sure he can voice act for real. They just told him to do this and he was having fun. I'm sure it's just like so over the top. Oh no, I can't even.
2: I probably realized what kind of crap he was dealing with.
0: It's not like GBN, where you just exchange data via our server. Attacks actually damage your gump, and you have to look your opponent in the eyes as you blast his hard work
2: to hell. The thing is, he says it'll be irreparably damaged if it's shot down, and then he talks about how he's constantly been upgrading and fixing his after being shot down.
0: (laughs) Irreparable meant something different in the old generation. I like how he's talking
1: about this, like, this has stakes, and therefore it's better. And I'm like, well, I mean, you could, like, how far back do you extend that? Like, it's only better if you put your actual physical human life on the line.
2: Well, I mean, that's kind of a the thing of, like, GBN doesn't have any stakes attached to losing your Gundam because of the fact that it's just data at that point. All of your hard work doesn't get thrown to hell. That would probably make at least some modelers really leery of doing anything like this because you spend a lot of time putting those things together and painting them. So to have them just be wrecked...
0: It's kind of the same argument I make about World of Warcraft Classic, though where they made stuff easier and easier and lessened the penalties more and more and more as the game went on. And yes, every decision they made made sense because you get those people who are wary about staking things, but you do lose some of it. In the old game, it felt like you invested in something and that felt valuable. And clearly this guy, when we see his Gumpla, it seems like he probably enjoyed not getting beat, but the process of being, okay, this beat me. How do I improve so that I beat it next time?
2: And just modeling in general.
0: Yeah. Whereas like, even Koichi was like, you all have to build your own models. like You have to actually enjoy that part of it for me to be on your team. Anyway, Riku's like, uh, I came here to get that Gumpla back. I don't know what you're going on about. And he's like, I'll give it back to you. If you beat in a shadow duel, I use the <laughs> Gumpla I built and you use yours. I mean, it's fair enough. And Riku's like, why? He's like, in GBN, I suffered a humiliating defeat. So now I want my revenge also, it's unbelievable to me that someone besides me was interfering with GBN's main program. And Riku is like, what? I'm not smart or characteristic enough to do that.
2: What's GBN's main program? Do I look like a hacker? Although he doesn't say it was Riku specifically. He says that Riku was on the same team as the person who was interfering in the main program.
0: No, I'm certain that's a separate point.
2: Yeah, it, it's implied, I think, pretty heavily that he thinks
1: Riku did it because Riku also is like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm too dumb to be hacker.
0: And he's like, fine, play dumb if you want. I'm pretty sure the it, you're on the same team as them line is referring to Koichi. Oh, I
1: assumed uh, the team that is trying to keep the game alive.
0: Huh, okay. No, I, I take this as he has foyer gay history with Koichi and is jealous. Ah. <laughs> Anyways, like, I'll teach you what Gumpla battle is. Back in my day, we had to do it uphill both ways. Enrique is like, do I have a choice? And he's like, technically, yes, but actually, no.
2: Well, I mean, he does have a choice. He can turn around and walk away right then and there. He just doesn't get the gunpla back.
0: It stakes and requires he makes a choice that reveal his character as he reveals he is willing to whisk the gunpla he built in order to save a symbol of Ayame's friendship, even though he is clearly very torn up about it because as he looks at his double-O diver ace, it looks like he's going to cry over it almost before he gets the resolve and is like, I'll do it. And Palpatine's like, what's your real name? And he's like, Riku, Mikami, I'm very bad at coming up with accurate names. And the other one's like, yeah, that track's actually looking at you. I'm Shiba. Shiba Inu. I'm adorable. No, Sukasa Shiba. He's good at getting stuck in video games. Riku's number is disconnected. Then that only happened once. To a character named Sukasa, as far as I'm aware. But he's yeah. kind of the OG. I'm not aware of the I'm stuck in a video game trope before dot hack. Me neither, but I feel like it must have happened before Dot .hack. It probably did. You're almost certainly right. I mean, Jumanji, if you want to play that role, right?
2: <laughs> so apparently they're trying to call Riku, but uh, their number isn't going through.
0: Sarah is waifing on the tower where they talked. So Akasa's uh, like, so they use the same control system as GBN, but it's a little different. Like, I'll give you a few seconds to get used to it. I want this to be a fair duel where I beat you because I'm better, not because you're floundering with the controls i mean on the
2: one hand like he does have at least some morals i guess is the way to put it because he's like i could just trounce you without giving you a chance to warm up and make sure you're familiar with the controls i'll give you time to get familiarized i don't see
0: this as a morals thing so much as a he wants to completely demoralize riku and to do that he has to beat him at his best right if riku has an excuse that won't work
2: well, it's beating him in a fair
0: fight. So Riku puts the double-O Diver Ace on the thing. It looks very similar to Gundam Build Fighters, although it's not quite the same.
1: Can I just point out that it's the Pla-Net quoting, and I just... It's like not even a joke, but I kind of love it anyway.
0: In, in Build Fighters, it's the Plasky particles. <laughs> you know, instead of Minofsky <laughs> particle. Yeah, see, it's actually a joke. Riku launches, it's a very Mars-esque battlefield with a bunch of ruins and red soil, and he just starts flying around. There's also a space section, and he's like, ah, so this is GPD, just like he did with GBN.
2: One of the uh, biggest differences, I would figure, is the fact that you're not having to worry about compensating for your own self when you're, like, making turns and stuff like you probably do in GBN.
0: Also, it seems like the view is different, right? Like, even if
2: there's a third-person camera yeah, it in GBN, a lot more limited.
0: like, it's still going to be from a fixed distance, whereas, presumably, your gunplay can get further away from you and closer.
2: Well, in this one, because the monitor that he has in front of him is, like, the actual Gundam camera, and looking at, like, the sphere, it's just glowing yellow. But then again, that could have just been the fact that they didn't want to animate it.
0: Also, anyway, Sukasa slash Palpatine is like, ah, your experience from GBN is showing. Like, you actually look like you know what you're doing. Perhaps you don't even need the warm-up as his Gumpla marches into view which I actually do love like this Grave Zord looking thing.
2: I love his Gundam.
0: It's just like a mismatch of stuff. As he explains that every time he got beat, he recustomized it and reworked it. It's got like a single Death Scythe Hellwing as a cape. And it's based on score on the Astray Red Frame, which we saw him piloting in the flashback, as Zach pointed out. And it's the Astray No Name.
2: The right arm, the one that we can, I don't know, that's the left arm that we can actually see outside the cape looks rad as hell. I love this helmet, the head section on his. It's
0: overall a very strong look. I feel like if there were too many that kind of took this over-designed track, it would not work as well. But because this is the first one like this we've seen, I think it really stands out.
2: I've mentioned that there's a lot of Gundams where it's like, this is just an absolute mess and I hate it. This is kind of a mess, but it's got a hi- it's it's theoretically got a history behind it and everything has a purpose.
1: And it all kind of like goes together like it's not part of a set, but it
0: seems like part of a methodology. It's got two different legs, for instance. I think it's also the implied story behind, not even the implied story. the explicitly stated story behind it is the sort of thing you love in mech fiction Zach. Of, well, I needed to repair it, but all I had was this, so I threw it on. It's a little different because he could have bought correct parts, right? And he chose different things for practicality.
2: Yeah, but that is definitely my jam where it's like, I had to fix it. I had things available. And if I wanted to win the next fight, I had to change something. So I did.
0: So Riku kind of hesitates, presumably because he's a little worried about like, not only is he like, oh, I don't want my gunplay broken, but he's kind of has the empathy of, he probably worked even harder on his given the story he just told me. So I don't really want to break his either. But when he goes for the opening slash, which Palpatine lets him take the first move, Palpatine dodges. And then when he starts the, when he shoots it, it's got anti-beam coding. Which, why
1: wouldn't everything just have anti-beam coding? Which is
0: kind of what how Palpatine replies, right? Of like, this is like serious stakes. If you get hit, you go down. So you have to have this in. It's a must-have
1: in Duel. I feel like it would be a must-have in GBN too, frankly.
0: You would think. But yeah, like a meta would emerge, right? Like I keep saying, but by all of our play suits and toys, they're all equally valid, Tyler.
2: Ah, and when he attacks, he basically only uses that exposed left arm for most of it. Like he doesn't seem to have an actual right arm. It looks like it has a gun in it. I think it has several different things that it can do. Because he uses it in a couple of different methods.
0: His beam saber also looks really reminiscent of the Epions to me. I don't think it actually is. It just has that kind of dual feel to it. And anyway, he goes after Riku with it. He's not afraid to do kicks because he learned from Char that kicks are the best. Riku is completely on the defense. And he comments that each blow from it just
2: feels real heavy. And the guy reconfigures that cape into like a heavy laser cannon.
0: He Mega Mans it. That that actually looks very tall. He's three when that laser cannon comes together. Which hits Riku's swords, which block it but are destroyed. And then he comes at him through the smoke again, getting a again get a good dual slash on him.
2: Riku is totally on the defensive over the whole thing. Like he can't get out of the corner, as it were.
0: And I think what they're trying to imply is it's because he's afraid of getting hurt, so to speak. Because normally, eh, no penalty. But in this case, like Sukasa keeps pointing out, it will actually cause damage. And Sukasa gets a glancing bow blow, but he kind of points out, don't panic. It's literally just cosmetic damage. But to Riku, that's more than he's ever had before.
2: <laughs> he reconfigures that cape into like this big ass claw
1: thing. It's rad as heck. And he pulls just a sword that was just there, I guess, out of the ground.
0: No, I think it's in like his shoulder. I don't know. I'm not sure. It's a giant-ass sword. It's got a cable going through it. I don't know why.
2: It might have just been the debris, because we've seen there's a lot of debris on the battlefield that they're on.
0: That's true. Anyway, Sakasa hucks it at uh, Riku. Is just like, hey, dodge it. But Riku can't. It gets one of his arms, pinning him to a piece of debris. So the astray no-name charges. There's a big dust cloud.
1: And we see that Riku tore his own arm off to avoid the hit.
0: And Sakasa's like, do you feel it, Riku? The pain of your gumpla? How thrilling this is, how real it feels, how there are stakes. Doesn't it get your blood pumping?
2: I like how he says the extremity of gamesmanship because like that is a major part in a lot of things is getting your opponent to do things because of emotional reactions, manipulating them. That's all gamesmanship and that's shit we haven't seen them doing.
0: And Sakao's like, this is the good shit. Your MMO sucks so bad. Isn't this better? Prove me right, Riku.
2: <laughs> and then Sarah's like,
1: oh no, the double O diver. I feel its feelings.
0: And it currently feels very Star Wars. Anyway, Palpatine keeps giving his TED talk about how the kids these days have it so easy and they're all lame and they should be playing his old man games.
2: Yeah, G V N is
0: a fraud. And Rika's like, no, like, no, it's not. It's actually fun. Like, I did have fun there, and you can't take that away from me, you old man.
1: And he's like, I don't understand these
2: newfangled technologies.
0: He's like, real? How could they be real? You met Yo's friends on the internet. They're not your real friends. Of course not. If you don't
2: know them in real life, they are acquaintances.
0: And you don't even love Gumplan. Rika's like, take that back. I buy all <laughs> the play sets and toys. Which allows him to actually land a blow, although it is cosmetic damage. He's like, you take that back. But he ejects the cape cloth thing and has two beam sabers and starts glowing with fancy light.
2: Riku calls it the nitro system. Like, what thing is that from? Yeah, I have no idea what that is. I should
0: have looked this up because I meant to, because I used to know. Let's see. It's on the Delta Kai. He first mistakes it for the exam system, which is from Blue Destiny. Yeah, it's from the Delta Plus. Um, it appears in the Mumbl- Mobile Suit Gundam and Unicorn video game, so it would have been pretty recent at this point.
1: It is the New-Type Injection Trace Reformed Old-Type System, which basically allows non-New-Types to behave like
0: New-Types. Yeah, basically, it's a bunch of extra thrusters, not for speed, but for maneuverability all over it. Yep, and appears to come with fin funnels. Huh, it's some Gundam bullshit. It forcibly enhances a normal pilot into a cyber New-Type temporarily, which seems ideal and causes it to emit blue flames in the process. It improves response time and allows the use of a complicated fire control system to use funnels for, for a normal person to use funnels.
1: Just this frame that i posited on, this thing doesn't even look like it belongs in Gundam and I kind of love it.
0: I think that's super intentional, right? Because this is the bad guy and he, he talks about how he just remade this thing over and over and t- presumably got a little more Darth Vader each time.
2: Yeah, well, I probably, like I said, just added different parts that kind of made it look different. Well, obviously look different, but uh, made it look more and more sinister every time he changed something.
0: Anyway, someone keeps saying Riku's name and Riku's like, what's going on? And Sarah has apparently called him through the comm system in his mobile suit from GBN. And she's like, I can sense that you're in trouble through the power of the waif, but I can't come to (laughs) where you are and I can't
2: cheer for you from here. And he doesn't question, like, how are you doing this? He just kind of accepts that's a thing she can do. That's because Riku's dumb as
1: bricks. It's fine. Yeah,
0: He's like, oh, she just called me. That's, that makes sense, right? Anyway, Yuki is somehow able to get coordinates off of this, of where the Double O Divers. I guess because Koichi put radio transponders on their Gunpla.
2: No, they registered their Gunpla so that if they were ever lost, they could enter the code and it would show <laughs> them where they are.
0: I lost my keys and my Gunpla. So they start sprinting off to the abandoned warehouse district. And Riku's like, my friends care about me and I feel that. So never, never give up. Plus, I got to get Iamis Gumpla back. And I feel like Palpatine should have been like, man, I didn't say I wouldn't give it to you if you lost. I mean, I do feel like I'm the sort of dick who would do that, but I didn't say that.
2: Because he did specifically just say you have to fight me for it. He didn't say you had to win.
0: But he's like, come on, double O diver, fight with me. Let's do it together. Friendship, the heart of the cards. I like the uh,
1: translation on this line in the sub because it definitely isn't nearly as... uh Extra? yeah
0: the direct translation for this sub is to heck with your gumpla reared only in gbn you didn't raise it right you didn't punish it it's like a spoiled chow what does he say in this in the dub i don't remember the exact wording in the dub but it's basically like a, a gumpla that has only tasted gbn can't beat mine it's less metaphorical less poetic less extra so Tsukasa starts using funnels, specifically swordy funnels that are just beating the crap out of the double O diver, although not really doing any real damage to it.
1: Like he should be destroyed at this point, I feel.
0: And Riku just starts naming all the people who have a crush on him. <laughs> and he's like, I can't lose. Also, I'm not left handed Transam, I'm not afraid to use it anymore. Again, would have been very powerful if this was the first time he used it. Not that I think using it last episode was particularly bad. That episode had plenty of other problems, but now it's special system against special system and they're going all out. You can tell because they turn into anime beams of light and fly off to space while clashing.
2: So they don't actually have to animate the fight?
0: Although, to be fair, we get lots of cut-ins that are pretty well animated. And I don't Mm -hmm. want to act like this episode doesn't have good fight choreography because it does.
2: No, it's just one of those things that they use in order that they don't have to show all of it. And it's an easier way of showing like large territory traversal.
0: The two land separately and they're both sparking. (laughs) And Sagasa's like, yes, this is GP Duel. Do you know how long it's been since I got a fix? Oh my God, I've been dry so long. (laughs) You remember how Ogre is, dude? This is him in real life, apparently. This has been great, but I've got you now. I have you now. Brigg like, I won't let you deny that I also love Gundam. Quit gatekeeping and his backpack explodes, which propels him to dodge the blow and get one in of his own. And they start doing CQC. Sukasa decapitates the double O diver with a nice in-depth animated slash. And he's like, ha you've activated my trap card. And Riku is just like, he says, make this the last time you love Gunpla. Well, I, I think that's a different point. I think there's a, a pause there it, where he's like, I can tell that you love Gunpla battle. You, you won't shut up about it. So like, just stop denying that we love it too. Stop gatekeeping. You asshole. Stop. Just because we don't like it the way you liked it doesn't mean we don't like it or can't be fans. So just make this the last time you ever deny someone that. And as he's crying, he manages to get a blow from below, goes through the chest, up through the head. Sukasa is shocked.
1: It cracks the face shield for some reason
0: because it's dramatic. And the Australian no name slumps down and battle ended, winner, player two, which is straight out of Build Fighters, just as the rest of Build Divers arrive and they're Weather has gone from depressing to actually raining. And they come upon Riku, and like, Kawishi's like, oh, did you play GPD like it's a drug? <laughs> <laughs> Found that good China cat. And Riku's like, he said he'll give Ayame's Gumpla back as he's cradling the destroyed double-O diver, which doesn't look that bad off. To be fair, in Riku's shoes, I'd probably be pretty upset too.
2: Well, yeah, because you got to put a lot of work into that. But it's very salvageable.
0: And he's like, thank you, double-O diver. I'll fix you. I'll put a weird head on you, too. And Yuki's like, yeah, I'll help. And Mom's like, me, too. I'll help bring snacks.
2: Apparently, Tsukasa waited all this time to actually leave. Or they just hadn't noticed him there.
0: And Koichi catches him walking out the door, looking kind of shell-shocked by it. And Koichi runs after him and is like, hey, man, sup? Want to get a beer? We can do that now. Also, you're that asshole? Why? And he's like, you should be on my side, Koichi. You should know. You should also want these kids off your lawn. <laughs> and Koichi gives the sass, like, hey, we can't go back to the past. We can only move forward. And Sukasa's like, you take that back. And then he tackles him to kiss him, but his feelings are too strong. And he's like, nah, I'm not going to just, like, go quietly in the night. I'll fight with hacking and telling kids they don't love my hobbies. Everybody knows the best way to make sure your hobby goes on and there are new generations is to kick out anyone who seems interested but gets one trivial detail
2: wrong. Is to gatekeep the hell out of it. You have to earn the right to be involved in my hobbies.
0: So Koichi's like, if you feel that way, why are you crying? He's like, I'm not, it's the rain, idiot. Also, what I had with that kid was really good. <laughs> And Sakasa gets up and decides to just walk away as Koichi's like, hey, I also just tried to forget, but those kids were super into it. And I'm like, oh man, I'm also super into Gundam. I could tell you are also, so I don't know, join our force or something. But Sakasa just leaves as Koichi yells at him in the rain. Sakasa's like, I don't want your Gundam, Baka. So we cut to. Like Chat Noir's force base, which is still there, although it looks like it's an abandoned house that's literally dusty and has decayed because no one's been there. Because what are the rules to GBN? No one knows.
1: I would love that if that was an actual mechanic that they decided to
0: implement for no good reason. (laughs) It seems like the sort of thing Animal Crossing would do, right?
2: If you have a certain location for your force nest, as opposed to just a external space, if you don't go in and actually access it for a certain amount of time, it just goes into rundown mode. Uh,
0: anyway ayami looks at it one last time and is about to leave when the pope and his girlfriend are here and she's like what are you doing here how are you here and they're like yeah we never closed our account and we assumed that you'd want to see it what she sent us and they bring out the hideous gundam of horror and friendship that riku won in a (laughs) shadow game
1: look at how many faces it has she's like why why did you bring this hideous thing back
0: and like, I don't know, I thought that's what you gave it to
2: us for. I mean, this does show that Palpatine was good to his word.
0: Yeah. And she's like, no, it wasn't me. because it be Riku? He's the only one I told.
2: Because he never actually gave it to Riku that we see.
0: No, I'm pretty sure he sent it straight back to him.
2: And since it seems to have been from a mystery thing, I think Palpatine just like sent it in the mail. Yeah, I
0: presumably the same way he sent the victory buster in the first place. So the Pope and his girlfriend look at each other and like, ah, our cute ninja daughter has good friends now. We raised her right. Cut to the Gundam base where Riku and his friends are presumably rebuilding the double O diver. And she's like, yeah, they're all children. (laughs) To be fair, she's also a children. And then she takes off her mask so we can see her smile, which feels weirdly predatory to me and I'm not sure why. (laughs) And that episode ends on her tears.
1: Well, these are people that she used to be comfortable having her mask off around. That's true. with, which is more how I interpreted it.
2: Yeah, I mean, she still hasn't done that for the Divers team, so.
0: Yeah, she confirms, yeah, they're all super precious to me. And that's the end of the episode. So like I said, I actually kind of like this one. The battle has stakes. The stakes are a, a little fuzzy because I kind of said, I think Palpatine would have sent it back regardless, uh, even if he won. You know, maybe he'd get on a hype train and make him renounce uh, GBN or something if he'd lost. But the, the fight fa- feels like it has stakes and th- the Double O Diver does get destroyed. And it feels like it has personal stakes too.
2: I don't feel like he would have not held to his word, even if Riku had lost, because that really wasn't the point of why Palpatine wanted to duke it out with him. He wanted to duke it out with him to prove he was better because of the stakes that he learned on.
0: You're correct. I more think that if Palpatine had won, he would have expected that to cause a change in Riku. And if he didn't get what he wanted, he might have tried to withhold it.
2: That's okay.
1: Yeah, I get that. I do think that Palpatine was actually very well characterized in this episode
0: in like way less screen time than Riku was at.
2: Yeah. I should point out I was right.
0: You are right on the money. And it's super interesting to make your villain someone who is gatekeeping, right? It's a real interesting, very corporate-friendly message, right? Because they're like, oh, yeah, everyone can be a fan of Gunpla. Don't like belittle people just because they only watch one series, or they only have a couple Gunpla, or they do it in a way you don't.
2: Seriously, gatekeeping in any hobby is just being a dick it doesn't matter what hobby that is if it's 40k battle tech gunpla building game playing video games it's not like well if you haven't been playing since third edition then you know i don't know what to what to tell you that your your editions are terrible it's like no no it's just a hobby dude stop being a dick
0: yeah like i said though it's also very interesting that he's someone who seems to be so into build fighters specifically which is right before this and a show that I have many times said is just so much better than Build Divers is. Like, it's not even a close comparison to me. I don't know if they were going for that on purpose or if they landed there by complete accident.
2: Not sure. I mean, it is funny to me that GP Duel is basically that universe's version of BattleBots.
0: <laughs> Any final thoughts, Tyler? Um,
1: Nothing that I don't think I didn't say at the beginning. Mostly, this is like a pretty decent episode of this show, just not... Like, it's so melodramatic. Oh, yes. Especially for a show about classic figures.
0: They are hamming it up. To be fair, though, I'd rather have this hamminess than the usual no stakes that we get. Yeah, that's true.
2: No, I, I agree with you. Do you have a high point, Tyler?
0: I'm gonna
1: say just generally how cool the Estray No Name is.
0: <laughs> Zach, you have a backup tie
1: point. Now Zach has to come up with something else.
2: Yeah, Zach has to come up with something else, because that thing is rad as hell. You know, I think I'm gonna have to go with the fight choreography between the double O dive race and the Astray No Name, because, like Jeremy said, even though it sounded like I was a bit down on it when I made the comment about the light streaks. I actually really, really liked the fight, the way they did all of that. What's your high point, Jeremy?
0: I'm going to go, this episode having stakes, both for like immediate stakes and character stakes, right? Riku has to literally stake his Gumpa on this to help his friend, and giving her her Gumpa back won't necessarily bring Ayame back, even though it's clearly what Riku is hoping for. It is kind of ironic that Ayame came to the conclusion that getting it back wouldn't fix anything, but Riku is still holding on to the hope that maybe if I do that for her, she'll come back.
2: Well, he wants to just make her happy and he figures getting that gunplay back will make her happy. And at the same time, it's like, it also kind of validates what she was saying before. Like, it doesn't matter, sunk cost fallacy. Like, I have to stay to get it because I've already put so much into this. So Riku going and getting it back kind of validates her in that way. Do
0: you have a low point, Tyler?
1: I was trying to consider one, and I think I'm going to go with Riku wins again, fairly arbitrarily and with no real, like, change to his character or growth or sacrifice.
0: Sure. I can't put my finger on why, but it feels a lot better here than it does in the previous episode. Like, he loses the double diver ace in this, so. Yeah, that
2: thing is wrecked.
0: To me, I think it's because at least it like reinforces the themes of the show. Like Riku has to state something and fight for it. It's very shonen. And usually the best shonen stuff, they get the hell beat out of them six times and you have no idea how they're gonna win before they actually <laughs> do it. But at least it has the right motions. What's your little point, Zach?
2: I think I have to go with the fact that Sarah is able to just randomly contact him outside of the game? Yeah, and I'm
1: weirdly fine with that. She's the gunpole Lorax. It's
0: it's just weird. It, it is weird, but I think it's intentionally so. I think as an audience member, you're supposed to think, "Oh yeah, Sarah's weird. I wonder what her deal is and how she's able to do this." Maybe that's giving the show too much credit because it seems, as I've said many times, completely uninterested in explaining any of what Sarah's deal is.
2: The other thing is it like it's weird and it doesn't really fit like she doesn't do anything or really say anything like she contacts him basically to say i can contact you but i can't do anything because she's like, i can't cheer you on i can't i can't do it it's like what then why are you wasting this time and he's obviously the uh palpatine gives him the time to answer his phone call mid-fight hey hey
0: sometimes your mom calls and he gets that I think mine is sort of adjacent to that, but it's the weird messenger being like, tell no one, especially not that girl right next to you who can clearly hear. And I am making no effort at all (laughs) to exclude from this conversation. He thought he was on
1: whisper mode.
0: Is he like a
1: character or like, was he just there for that one scene and now he's gone?
0: Oh, he's just there for that one scene. Do we
2: want to add the astray no name to our list? Yeah, I think that. (laughs) Is the right choice for this week?
0: I think the most comparable Gundam, to be honestly, is the Tequila Gundam, Daniel Custom. I feel like they have very similar energy. Kind of. I mean, they are both
2: very heavily customized.
0: I, th- I love the Tequila Gundam's theme, but I think the story behind the no-name puts it ahead for me. I actually really like the no-name.
1: I'm not sure I like the no-name's design more, but I think it is better. If that makes any sense, like the uh, Tequila Gundam is like super campy and this is like just super practical and kind of rad. I think I'd have to give it to the Astray No Name as well.
2: I would agree. Like I love the way they did the Astray No Name and like just in the thing's design, that implied story behind its design and what he says about it, like that gives that thing more character than the rest of the cast. (laughs) <laughs> just, just that Gunpla has more character than the rest of the cast. I,
0: I would argue Ayame has more character than that Gunpla, but we are splitting hairs. A- and also I think Sukasa has almost as much character because his Gunpla and him, their story is obviously intertwined, but yeah. definitely you make a valid point. So potential thing to throw us off, the highest thing we have from Build Divers is the RX Zero Maro. I don't like this as much as the RX Zero Maro. Like I said in that, I love the Unicorn Gundam, which it's based on and that's where a lot of its points come from, and I definitely don't like this as much as the unicorn, and also the ninja theme. Like I said, the Tequila Gundam's cowboy theme almost puts it over for me. The Zero Mars ninja theme does put it over for me.
2: See, I like this a lot more than the RX Zero Maro, because I love that implied story. I love the fact that while... It is kind of a mess of different parts. The fact that it gives off that vibe of these are the parts I had available and these are the parts that I needed to use to help me win. I needed to add this piece of equipment so that I could beat this one guy and then I added this other leg because another guy blew it off and this leg had higher performance. I love that aspect to it and it just gives off this really sinister vibe, especially when it turns on that nitro system. I got to give it to the astray no name every time.
0: Yeah, and I, I was sure that was going to be what it came down to. So, Tyler, what's your feeling? I don't think I feel quite as strongly about it as
1: Zach, but just like I feel like the Ziromaru is maybe just a little bit over designed. And like this is weirdly not over designed for me. It's just like more minimalist in a way that appeals me, despite the or my uh, general love for campy ninja themes.
2: Well, I figure that this one is. The, the no-name is over-designed, but it's over-designed with a purpose. Like, there's a reason why it's so over-designed. Yeah,
0: and I think designs that have a story to them are much stronger. I keep talking about how the Virgo is going to rank high because of that. And I think the Tall Geese, even though I think it's a genuinely a good design, it's very plain. And part of why it's so high is the story that's implied with the design. So I think that's a fair metric. That puts it in our top three. Do we think it's better than the Vilcus? This is going to sound weird. I actually do like it more than the Vilcus.
2: I actually don't because the Vilcus, if you look at that one, also has a lot of the same, not the same type of history, but it has its own level of history that goes into it. Like it's got a lot of background. I don't
0: feel like you see that in the design though. And to be honest, 100% what it is, is I don't particularly care for the Vilcus's head. And I like every other part of it, but I also like the equivalent parts on the no name and i like the head there more
2: that's fair although the vilcus does have a hood ornament i really like the <laughs> vilcus because it's got a very sleek design to it and you know it's got god powers what else do you want
0: so your tiebreaker once more tyler yeah this one's
2: really close for
1: me um i like the Vilkas's color scheme a lot more which one <laughs>
0: I think he means the default one.
1: Okay. Yeah, the default one that's mostly white with some blue and gold. It's Strike Freedom color scheme. I feel like for me, at least, it suffers a little bit from not actually really getting to see it in action much. Oh, man, this is close. I think I have to give it to the Vilcus.
0: All right. So an excellent showing for the Astray No Name, which makes it at number three, above the Arc Zero Maro and below the Vilcus. It's just such a good design.
1: It's weird to me that this show that is just very... Extremely mediocre. The height, actually probably the depth of mediocrity, has produced so many good mobile suit designs.
0: Well, they're all remixes, right? And they're made by people who have clearly both professionally designed Gundams and thought about this stuff. And this is the third series in which they're doing these, which means they get to go way off the wall, which means we get some that are just very bad, I think, but we also get really, really strong ones as well. And even in Build Fighters the first one, I think there are some very good designs. Although I don't think there's anything I would put in the top three from that. Maybe the camphor amazing I would fight for, but we'll see one day. So that will do it for this episode. Join us next week where I believe we will be stuck watching episode 14, even though this would be a great end point. I don't think I'm going to have a vaccine next week. So we watch episode 14, <laughs> a new power. Tyler, was this Gundam or was this Isekai?
1: Given that none of this or very little of this actually took place in GBN and Also, our hero, like, maybe learned a life lesson and also did something good for someone else. I'm going to say it's Gundam. Zach?
2: Yeah, I got to say the same thing. I think it's Gundam.
0: Not to steal my own joke from last week, but clearly this week is
2: Yu Gi Oh!